Welcome, folks. This is Release the Adventure, a podcast about going outside and experiencing the world. We do different pods about different topics, um, and today we're doing something a little different. I'm Brad. And I'm Sean. And we've been doing a lot of different lately, and I think that's just us trying to play around, see where we fit in the podcast game, see what we can get going and that type of thing. So today we're going to talk about something that's affected both me and Sean most of our lives, and that's scoliosis. Yeah, it's something that I think I've had for a lot longer than, well, obviously I've had a lot longer than when I was diagnosed, but I was diagnosed four years ago in 2016, so I was 21 at that time, so who knows how long I've been dealing with it, but I'm guessing for most of my teenagers at the very least, but it's something that's always uh, I always had to deal with it at the very least it's something where it's always this nagging pain and it's something that I had to keep in the back of my head for good posture and trying to make sure that I'm stretching my back out and all that kinds of fun stuff exactly I'm on the same train um, I was diagnosed when I was 16 so about 10 years ago and yeah, it's it's a daily. It's very much a, if I start to feel like my lower back's starting to hurt, I know that I've been slumping my shoulders. Or if my upper back's starting to hurt, I knew I was slouching in a chair. Um, so I have to make sure that I'm consciously making sure that I'm trying to be better about my back and back strength and that type of thing. I mean, for all you out there that doesn't know what scoliosis is, It's a sideways curvature of the spine that occurs in most often during the growth spurt just before puberty. While scoliosis can be caused by conditions such as cerebral palsy or muscle dystrophy, the cause of scoliosis is unknown. About 3% of adolescents have scoliosis, and that's a definition straight from Mayo Clinic. Yeah, (laughs) fun story. Uh, I don't know, kind of kind of silly in my opinion. I I love my mom to death, but when I was diagnosed with scoliosis, when at 21, I sent her my x-rays and I was like, mom, how did no one, how was I never like tested for this? I've always had back pain for like my entire, for all adolescence. And she was like, you know what I think it was, Sean? I was like, what's that mom? I think it was all damn video games that, that you played (laughs) as an adult. I was like, oh my God, mom, (laughs) Mom. I love you. I, I get that yeah, I was a little <laughs> bit sedentary, but that was not the main cause. Yeah, it probably <laughs> added to the extra pain. Sure, I mean, I definitely it, had bad posture, and that definitely didn't help yeah. things. But like the Mayo Clinic definition says, is as you're having those growth spurts as an adolescent, it's it's growth spurting out the wrong way. You know, exactly. I can't yep. I can't physically tell my body to go the correct way. So. Yeah, well, I wish we could be like, no cancer, no scoliosis, no. How about just a perfect life? How, what, is that so hard, body? <laughs> just let me live to 70. That's all I want. Yeah, we're, we're not asking for a lot here. <laughs> yeah, so this is something that a lot of people don't know about, I guess, until yeah. you're affected by it. Yeah, it only it only affects about 3% of the population. So, and that's a large number, sure. but I think it takes, and I also think there's a lot of undiagnosed as well yeah. that 
are a bunch of kids that are like us who played video games a lot. So they just go, you just sit bad. You just slouch in chairs. Yeah. Go out and run. You'll be okay. Right. Which going and doing exercise, and there's a bunch of different exercises that we'll talk about today that help strengthen your back and your core that mitigate some of that pain. Yeah. And I think that was a lot of things that happened for me while I was in high school was when I was doing cross country and track, we were doing all these exercises. So then my back would just naturally feel better. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't, the, the click wasn't there for me between click and boom. So I would do these exercises and then I wouldn't have back pain, but yeah. Yeah. So as we're going to figure out today, there's a lot that you can do right. And a lot that you can do wrong for those people that are out there that are like us that have scoliosis and that are affected every single day by this. And I'm hoping that you can gain something out of this by the end of it and learn that, you know what, I can still live a completely hundred percent normal life and I'm not going to let this be the end of me. This is just something that's a part of my story. For sure, son. That's a great way to think about it. Um, so I guess let's start with um, some exercises of good and bad, I guess. Yeah, sure. So some things that have been proven to help yoga, Pilates, which I still, Sean, to this day, I've heard so many people talk about Pilates. <laughs> Pilates. And I just and I've seen it and I've like watched videos to try to understand. And I just like it just seems like extreme stretching. Yeah. With some weightlifting. Yeah, I, I was offered every time I like try to sign up for a gym, they ask me like if there's any like concerns that I would have. I'm like, Well, I have scoliosis, but you know, it's it's okay. They're like, Oh, but have you tried Pilates though? I'm just like no, please. <laughs> <laughs> please, I don't know, but okay. I no, maybe we should. Maybe we should try Pilates, but every time I look at it, like like you were saying, it's just, just like ah, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I think we should. Let's. We should find a day. We'll take one class. We won't. We won't commit to nothing. We'll go to one class and see how we feel after. Yeah, Pilates. Maybe I'm just making things up, but in my head, when I think of Pilates, I think of like, like a yoga class full of women, but it's all like old women instead. So then it's just like, it's extra weird for like a young, young adult (laughs) man, you know? (laughs) We're in our twenties and we're here for the Pilates. (laughs) Gotta get those Pilates though. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just, uh, just core strength exercises will help you out. And don't forget about swimming. Swimming is that all-around, low-impact exercise that is super good for your entire body, actually. Swimming is probably one of the top exercises for people who have any type of bone or kind of joint-ish style injuries or diseases because you're still able to strengthen and do exercises, but you're not having all these really hard impact style stuff. So I'm going to put a huge caveat on that, Brad. So in our research, I saw that just regular swimming is fine. Like if you're just for like non-competitive swimming, like you're not going out and joining a local swimming club. Yes. You're hundred percent correct, Brad. It is a low impact, like full body workout that can be very beneficial. However, when you overdo it though, 
It, it can cause a thoracic spine in- injuries, which basically means mm. from the base of your neck down through your bottom of your spine to flatten, essentially. Oh, sugars. Yeah, which the whole thing to, not. the whole thing to flatten is just going to mean that your whole spine's getting weaker, and if it's getting weaker, then it's just going to curve out more. Dang. Yeah. And that's the thing with a lot of this. It's that it, there's this there's this really fine line where it's like, yeah, running's going to help you. Yeah, doing sit-ups is going to help you. Yeah, doing push-ups is going to help you. But <laughs> for most people, I'm, I'm going to say most people, mm-hmm. because as we're going to figure out later on in the episode, there's some amazing people out there that have overcome this and doing the workouts that they have have just done amazing things. But for most the regular person, Try to listen to your body, I think, is essentially what that comes yeah. down to. So less is more, basically. Less is it's... more and listening to your body and not going hard on strength workouts, but more so uh, it's it's this fine line between strength and this in- in- endurance workout because you don't want to be like deadlifting 500 pounds seven days a week, right? Because that's not going to be great for your back. Yeah, it's going to work work your core muscles out and stuff but it's it's gonna put unnatural stress onto your spine and stuff and also like same thing for like competitive swimming and stuff so it's it's this fine line that you have to walk so listen to your body and if you have the means to talk to a physical therapist or someone who specializes in scoliosis some sort of doctor yeah that's and biggest thing here put a huge caveat we're not doctors. Yeah. <laughs> we have no doctorates. No. Um, we're just two guys that did some research on a disease that we both have that affect us on the daily that we want to give a chance for you guys to be like, oh, okay, I'm tracking. Okay, I'm seeing what you're saying. Yeah. And then reach out and do your own research. Reach out to doctors, physical therapists and see what you can do for yourself because nothing is a one fit all. Yep, exactly. So a couple of different types of scoliosis are idiopathic and degenerative. So idiopathic is basically just saying that this started, scoliosis started, we kind of already hinted on this, during your teenage growth spurt years, and... It's going to, as long as it's less than 30 degrees, it's not going to progress significantly into the adulthood. However, on average, it's going to increase somewhere between less than 0.5% degrees up to 2 degrees per year. So, when I was diagnosed when I was 21, I was at like a 21 to 23% curve in my spine. And mine's in my upper spine, curving towards my right shoulder blade and then coming back kind of straight into my neck if that makes sense. And so because it's been a while, I might be up to close to 30 degree curve at its worst, but because I can keep this stuff in the back of my mind, hopefully it's not at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just paying attention to your body. And like you said, feeling your body, listening to your body. Yeah. Cause that comes with just your daily activities too. If you're sitting in a chair and you're starting to get pain, Go take a walk. Yep. Do some stretches. Do your best to keep that blood flow and yeah. not be so sedentary. Yeah. Uh, when I was diagnosed, I had a 25 degree when I was 16, um, and I'm not sure what it is now. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping 
it's not above 30. Um, but I've been always, I've been thinking about going in again and trying to find some different treatments. Um, but being physical and going and doing a more physical lifestyle has been pretty helpful for me. Yeah, for sure. And the second one, degenerative. Degenerative is when you're at the severe, quote unquote, severe levels. So that's when you're at a 50 degree curve in your spine. It's You'll see pictures online. You can look it up and we'll have a few pictures in the show notes and different articles that we read. It's, oh man, when you see x-rays with people with severe scoliosis, it's, uh, it like gives me pain just looking at the pictures just because it's something Absolutely. that affects me every day. And oh, yeah. when they're at that point of 50 degrees or more, your spine starts to push more and more in between those discs and those Again, not ducks here. I'm sorry. I'm not a professional, but <laughs> just the squishy parts in between your spine to provide that like suspension essentially in your spine. Eventually that compresses it down into nothing. And when it gets really bad, it's just going to be bone on bone. And then you're grinding bones together. And then you're going to have like bone de- degeneration in your spine. And it's, it's just this uh, kind of downhill spiral. So that's what degenerative means. And Sean, the squishy stuff is cartilage. Cartilage, yep. Thank you. I was, I was trying to think of the word, but... You're welcome. I was like, oh, oh, I don't know. I think. <laughs> and then I like had to think about... And then, yeah. um, I've had two knee surgeries. And the first one was to fix the no cartilage in my, li- in my knee. And then the second one was for an MCL. So that's why I was like, I think it's cartilage. I think that's what I remember them fixing in my knee. So... Yeah. Different episode for a different day, but you've had a bad go of things, Brad. <laughs> we don't we don't talk about it. We just I'm just gonna get on the bike and see how it goes. Cause got, got scoliosis, got those knee injuries, you got that that shoulder injury shoulders. that you had. Yeah. I've had two both shoulders. Hurt both shoulders. Yeah. Um I don't even know. I'm really good at hurting myself. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that. But biggest thing is Listen to your body, and that'll probably be the message of this entire episode, is for any injury, anything that has to do with the inner you, if you're hurting, just stop. Yeah. Or lessen what you're doing. Yeah. Because if you're determined to do 100 push-ups or 250 sit-ups, you may not be able to do 250 in a sitting. Yeah. But... Do as many as you can, then stop for a half hour. Yeah, break it up throughout the day. And also, like, if you're someone that works an office job, 9 to 5, and you're stuck in your chair all day, see if your job can get you one of those standing desk converters where they put your screen yep. monitor on the little riser thing. And I, Because it's been proven that if you're standing, it helps you out with that more. Rather than sitting in a chair, your spine kind of naturally compresses and whatnot, and then you're more inclined to like start slouching in a chair rather than keeping proper posture when you're standing. Hmm. Nice. Yes. Also, bouncy chairs. The bouncy ball chairs. I don't know if you guys have seen those. Um, but they really help with posture because mm-hmm. there is no slouching or you're going to fall on your butt. Yeah, that's true. So those are always good um, if your office allows them. Um, I work a sedentary job. I sit at a computer all day. So these are the type of things that I've been looking into to try to get my office to buy me a desk 
And I also brought in one of those balls, which helped quite a bit. Nice. Yeah, so a couple other things you can do to kind of help you out if you're one of the people out there that have scoliosis is you can look into a brace. You can look into nerve block injections or just straight up back surgery. So, Brad, I don't know about you if you've looked into any of these things. I've looked into both braces and back surgery. I haven't looked into nerve block injections. When I was looking into a brace, the cheapest one I was able to find was like $6,500, like mm-hmm. out of pocket. Yep. In- insurance will pay for most of it. Right. That was after but... insurance. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So the one that I looked into was a little bit cheaper than that with, it must've been my insurance or sure. at the time of when I got into it, when I was like 17, 18. Yeah. And it was still like four grand out of pocket. That's which yeah. for an 18 year old. No yeah. For, for an 18 year old, even for me now, it's like, how the heck am I going to afford $4,000? <laughs> you know, y'all take payments. Y- y'all, y'all <laughs> take a uh, 60 month, no interest loan. Cause that, that's something that I could do. <laughs> I could talk to, we could talk, we could do that. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so out of these, I've actually looked into majority of them with the nerve blocking injections, not specifically for scoliosis, but cortisone shots are basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had those before, but for my foot, yes, another injury, but I've never personally wanted to get one in my spine. Yeah. Because of how quick I think it would wear off. Because mm-hmm. um, I've noticed that when I get my cortisone shot in my foot, it's usually four to six months. Mm. And I'm like, ooh, this is nice. I like this. But once that hits, I've almost forgotten the pain. So it hurts more than it did the first time. Yeah. Until I get used to it again. Well, I don't want to do that with my back. Right. That's And I don't know if they have a a nerve blocking thing that literally cuts it off to where you'll never feel it again. But I don't want to get to the point where I'm like, Ooh, this is nice. Yeah. It kind of worries me too. As counterintuitive as being pain-free seems, it kind of seems counterintuitive with the nerve blocking thing. Yeah. And then I don't want an epidural. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I understand the purpose and that's kind of the same thing with cutting off the pain and stuff. Um, but that's not enough for me. Yeah. It feels like putting a bandaid on a gunshot wound. Yeah. For the people that don't know an epidermal, can you explain that a little bit, Brad? Um, okay. Once again, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> um, of what I understand, an epidural goes into your spine, giant needle. Yep. And it basically just blocks all those nerves. Yeah. Um, what most people get it is actually when um, women need to get uh, C-sections hmm. or they're giving birth. Interesting. I and that know. really just blocks all that pain about the waist below. Interesting. And you kind of lo- you lose complete feeling from waist below. Hmm. And it does a really good job at that kind of thing. But I think the epidural that they're talking about with this scoliosis focused is not the same type. But yeah. it's more of one that's focused on the spine itself. Right. And you don't lose feeling and use of said spine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly why I wouldn't want to do it. Because I wouldn't want to lose like my lower half feeling. Or even if it was slightly numb, I wouldn't want to be slightly numb from, you know, the waist down. You know, that doesn't sound yeah. great to me. And um, I know it wouldn't be permanent. 
or something like that. It would just be to temporarily be able to lose some pain and stuff. But I, I still, I've looked into a bunch of different things of like the hanging, uh, what, it, what is the name of that seat? It's like a weird seat where you hook your ankles in and they flip you upside down. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I've, I've used some a handful of times and they're pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember what they're called. They're like in inverter stretcher boards or something like that. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. And it like gravity stretches out your back and helps loosen things up. And I've seen that work for a lot of people. And I think that would be a better, I guess, holistic view Mm. instead of, going and being like, here, stab me with a bunch of needles. <laughs> so that is a double <laughs> double good segue to what I was wanting to say. So number one, it, holistic. And number two, stab me with a lot of needles. So one thing that I do every <laughs> once in a while is get a- acupuncture into my back. And I just do the traditional needle method, not the laser one. And it's something that while if I had more money, I would do this once a week. And it would have a lot more help on me, but I do this once like every, maybe like three to five months, just when I think about it. Cause a lot of times I forget about it and when I can afford it, but it's something that helps me about for about four days at a time. But I think if I were to do it once every single week, I think it would have a lot bigger gains from it. And I just sit mm-hmm. there. I just relax in like this massage table, essentially. And I just sit there with the needles in there for about 30 minutes and take a little nap and that's it. So, <laughs> <laughs> And Sean, how much is that? Because this is something that I've never, I've been super interested in. Um, but where I live, I'm up in the mountains. So I would have to drive about an hour and a half to get good acupuncture. Yeah. So it widely varies. So the place that I go to is really awesome. So if you're around Fort Collins or Colorado area, there's a place called Com Unity, like C O M M capital U Unity, right? And okay. they have a sliding scale pay what you want type of deal going on there. Okay. So I pay the minimum and it's like thirty dollars or it was. Who's I don't really know what it's gonna be like after Corona and how things are gonna change and their prices and stuff, but it was around like thirty mm-hmm. to thirty five. And if you had a discount, because a lot of times they would do weekly specials where like if you come in and schedule time with this acupuncturist at this time, it'll only be 20 bucks. And so I would try to I would try to find those deals and they they constantly do those deals. But I've seen for like the high end places where where you go into like massage parlors and stuff like that. I've seen it be like seventy five dollars for a session, which is a little too much. So if there's somewhere out there that has some sort of sliding scale or something like that. A lot of times there's also these um, group acupuncture places where, you, okay. yeah, you don't have like a private room. And so people, so instead of just hiring, so they would have one acupuncturist for like 10 people instead of having an acupuncturist for like each person. Right. So then that helps drive down oh, cost. So it's a, okay. Yeah. Kind of group mentality thing. And those can be a lot cheaper too. So you don't get the one-on-one focus but you still get the opportunity to be like you actually get to try it yeah i mean you get to try it and they come by i mean i've never had the group one but from what i've read it's not like it's not like you're in a building with like 75 people doing acupuncture no it's like (laughs) it could be like 5 to 15 i would say yes and also 
widely depending on where you are in the world. If you're in New York City or are you in Fort Collins, Colorado. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and Wyoming, I've seen it for way less than that. Nice. But at the same time, I have no idea what their credentials are. Yeah. Um, it scared me to go in there because they just opened not too long ago. Yeah. Um, and the few reviews that I've seen have not been the best. Yeah. I'm so a little, little sup- worried of that. They're supposed to have a license. Acupuncturists are supposed to have an official license to do it. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. Wyoming's crazy and I don't know. <laughs> I hope I hope they follow that law. They probably do. Medical wise, it would make sense. But yeah. yeah, I'll probably come down to Fort Collins at some point and try it. Especially with that sliding scale, hopefully. Yeah. Because that sounds really nice and maybe my insurance can carry some of it. That'd be cool. So, yeah. Okay. Brad, do you want to finish it off with some people that have kind of beat the odds and have done amazing things despite their scoliosis? Yeah, I'd love to. So, I want to talk about a man that if you haven't heard of him, I think you're under a rock. (laughs) Or if you're not under a rock and you haven't heard of him, you don't even pay attention to the Olympics or I don't even know. He's in everything. He's I've pretty, seen him on everything. He's, he's a pretty one big and one. only. Actually, before I spread the word of his name, he's, I think, the current world record for the 100, current world record for the 400, and for the 4x1. Yep. Usain Bolt. Whew. And you think about it, he doesn't have scoliosis. There's no way. He does. He's talked about it. It's been in interviews. He focuses a lot on his core because, well, he's an Olympic sprinter. So he's always working out. He's always trying to find ways to help his body be more efficient. And it's awesome that he found a way to use his passion for running to also help mitigate some of those pain and uh, issues that come with scoliosis. Yeah. He has a really abnormal stride with the way he runs. It's it's a mm, little yes. It's a little. If you were to zoom in on it, go in slow motion, right? It would look pretty goofy compared to like the quote unquote perfect stride. It's very abnormal. Lots of swaying, kind of all, all over the place. And so now, now that scientists know how how gifted he is, and it's just like, well, maybe there's something to this. <laughs> yeah. So now there's. Yeah these uh, fitness scientists and whatnot that are doing research on his stride to see, well, is there something we're missing out on here? Is is he doing Mm, something that's actually more optimal than the quote unquote regular stride where it's like this picture perfect kind of thing. Interesting. So yeah, very cool. That is really cool. Um, Okay. Let's, so I'm going to do a fast push on a couple people and then go a little bit deeper into somebody that, I know at least a little bit more about Tracy McGrady, NBA All-Star, was given a four to five year lifespan on the NBA court, completed a 15 year career with scoliosis. Yeah. And not, not only that, somewhat topical, I mean, it's a little bit old news at this point, but Kobe Bryant said that Tracy McGrady was the greatest player he ever played, played against in Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant's career. So this guy was no slouch and, you know, nope. And that four to five year lifespan, that was 
more like his NBA lifespan career, just for yep. clarification. Not yes. that yeah. the scoliosis was going to kill him. Yeah, no, on the court. We're, t- we're talking about his career as a basketball player. Yeah. It was only supposed to be four to five years because once you get to that level, supposedly it was supposed to be a lot harder for him. Right. But I think he found the flow mm-hmm. for himself that I think it breaks down to a lot of just caring for your body in whatever you're doing. Yeah, definitely. So, so the next one up, I didn't know, I haven't known her, but she's an ex coming upcoming athlete and maybe in 2021 we'll see her because the olympics got postponed from this year to next year but her name is amelia goreka i apologize if i'm pronouncing her name wrong but she is the current european junior 3000 meter swimming champ and the junior cross country champ so very different disciplines and she's just slaying it in both of them despite her scoliosis so i've actually heard of her before sean oh really nice yeah I have her on Instagram. Cool. Very good photographer as well. She has a cool life where she gets to travel a lot. So good for her. She, she takes a lot of really nice photos. Um, but I actually learned about her the first time I've been getting really into running, watching running, mm-hmm. learning about running from Mr. Fed, Mr. Matt Fitzgerald. So I've been watching a lot of races on YouTube from, 5Ks, 10Ks, halves, full marathons. And I actually ended up on Emily not too long ago for her world championship race. Nice. In cross country. And I was like, what the? And people are talking about her being like the best of the best coming up. Yeah. Because she's competing at the level of people who are usually like 10, 10 years older than she is. So. Yeah, for 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 running, running is one of those things where you can usually age well into running sports. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it's about that range. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be cool to see what she does with it. Yeah. So the next one up is another Olympian, and she is a very. We're not talking future prospect here. We're talking. She's done it. She's best done sir, it all. Best. best She's sir. the best. Of the best. Of the best, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Natalie Coffin. Co- Coughlin, excuse me. Yep. So she is a 12-time Olympic medalist, and from all the interviews that she's done, she's claimed that her core muscles have helped hide her spine curvature, where a lot of people don't realize that she has scoliosis. In pictures, I have a picture linked, Brad, I'm sure you can see that, but for us, it's really easy yes. to tell. These are pictures that definitely highlight her curvature, but she was she's one of the ones that have a severe curvature, so we're talking 50 degrees plus. And so just as the Olympic swimmer that she is and just slaying it, it's, it's really amazing. And I, I really hope that she doesn't have that thoracic spine effect going on. You know, it'd, it'd be a shame that a, you know, national hero of an athlete would have to suffer the rest of her life. If she has a thoracic spine stuff kind of going on. Mm, yeah. So our next person is Jessica Ashwood. Two-time Olympian, two-time world champ, two-time Commonwealth Games. She is incredible. And the pers- the reason I really enjoy her and her story is when she was 13, she ended up within a year going from a mild case to a severe case of scoliosis with a 40-degree bend in 
with double curves. And what that means is that her back literally looked like an S. Yeah. And she chose to not do surgery, which I, I, don't, I wouldn't have chose the same. <laughs> I probably would have gone under the knife and been like, fix it. Put rods in my back. Do something. Yeah. But she knew she was destined to be a swimmer. Yep. I so can't she, imagine the double curve. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Mm-mm. No, I, so I have a minor double curve. As in, I think my bottom is like 3 or 4%, mm-hmm. and my top is that 25 or so. Right. So I get a little bit of it, but 40 in each? Oh, my God. That's You have a super S on your back. Ooh, that poor, poor yeah. woman. But, man, hats off to but her for she, pushing through this and having an amazing life and doing what she wanted still. Yeah. And then when she turned 26, retired from competitive swimming in the Olympics, um, she decided to get that corrective surgery, which just shows that you can push through it. Yeah. You can do the exercises and do all the things. Um, but at some point, it's kind of the choice between do I want to do blank amount of core exercises to make sure my back doesn't hurt? Or do I step down from my super active lifestyle Yeah, and then start doing it in a different way? Because and- there's no doubt that this woman is still kicking butt. Oh, for sure. Doing crazy things. She's still living a normal and healthy lifestyle and she's doing great. It's just that she set out what she wanted to do. She came, she, she saw and she kicked butt and she's like, okay, I need to take care of myself now. And because of my, my double severe curve, this is something that I have to do. There's also a certain point where it's just like core muscle workouts aren't going to be the be all end all. So, yep, exactly. Well, Sean, what's your uh, closing notes for today's pod? Well, you know, one day, I don't know about you, Brad, but I'm probably going to have to get back surgery, but I hope it's like in my 50s. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I, Or at least I hope the Army pays for it. Hey, there you go. That's that's even you know, better. I hope somebody pays for mine too. Maybe maybe yeah, if well, I ever get to that point. <laughs> well, you know, the National Guard's always there. I know. I'm, th- I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> So but, uh, that's what I'm hoping to is I hope I get older. Um, I'm hoping me getting a little bit more physical with my lifestyle as well yeah, same. can get to where it kind of dials down a little bit to where it's not so much of a daily issue. Yep. I agree hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So I think that just about wraps up the pod guys. So as usual, you can follow us on all the social media. If you want to follow us on Twitter, that's kind of where we're mainly active. It's on at release the ADV. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us on at release the adventure. We are slowly getting the YouTube channel going. You can just search for release the adventure there. And yeah, we have a little bit of time left for the giveaway in case you want to give it a try, but yep, yeah, yep. that's, mostly does it and again this is a grassroots kind of podcast which is a couple number normal guys with a passion so if you guys really enjoyed this podcast your guys's likes and more specifically you sharing this with a friend is is the greatest gift you could ever possibly give to us and yeah, i i hate to sound like yeah. i'm pandering but you know it, it would really mean so much to us if you shared this with a friend or family member who you thought would enjoy it Because we're not out here to make millions. No. But we're here to help you and your family and your friends 
Maybe learn a little bit. Yeah. Maybe try a new hobby. For sure. Maybe just do something that's just far enough out of your comfort zone that you felt like Bilbo Baggins going, I'm going on an adventure! (laughs) (laughs) And it just was enough that you got to feel something different for the day. That's kind of our goal here, is we're just trying to teach you and go for an experience. And we want to experience this with you. So sharing it with your friends, family, please help us out. And also, if you're just like, you're like, I really want you guys to talk about blank. Or if you want to just talk to us about the topics that we talk about, hit us up on Twitter. Yeah. Can, hit us up on Instagram. You can come on to we the pod. Definitely get you here, get you talking, and we'll even just message you if you want to talk. For sure. So we are release the adventure. And thank you guys for being here.